Scroll in episode number 77. I'm Cat. With me, as usual, is the Gift of the Rift himself, Davius Starjumper. What's going on, man? The Gift of the Rift. That's one of that's one of my more favorite ones right there. I like yeah, that. it's so like uh, boastful. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, everyone. You you're just welcome. walk into a room yeah. and you're welcome. Oh, here comes old <laughs> Gift of the Rift himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have more... Um, PTS stuff to talk about. Um, weeks two and three have happened. We've gotten the patch notes. We're just going to kind of um, combine those two weeks in kind of one discussion. We just sort of cherry picked the good stuff out of each of those sets of notes and kind of put them all into one list here. Hey, what's up, Crimson? Welcome. We'll talk about some stuff. Obviously, as, as usual, we're not going to talk about every little detail that appeared in the notes, just the stuff that kind of stood out and, and was interesting to us. Probably the most interesting thing from the last couple of weeks of PTS is that Oaken Soul ring, that that new mythic item that just gives an absolutely absurd astronomical amount of uh, stats. Uh, we were kind of going on and on about it last week, about how this is going to be totally busted for werewolves in particular, but really just about anybody is probably going to make good use out of it. Um, they have indeed given it the Stoons treatment, just like we predicted. <laughs> Um, there was no way they weren't going to, uh, do that, but, um, so what Oaken Soul now does is instead of giving you uh, this big stack of a bunch of unique stats, um, they've replaced most of that with major buffs. You get a bunch of major buffs. Uh, so instead of having 450 unique weapon and spell damage, you now have major courage, uh, which is in the ballpark. It's 430. Uh, but it doesn't stack with, you know, other sources of major courage. So that, that reigns that in a little bit. Still a lot of damage. Um, instead of a unique 1973 critical chance reading, you just get major savagery, major prophecy. Uh, instead of getting unique uh, recovery values, you just get major endurance, fortitude, and intellect. Um, so that's basically like what a tri-stat potion gives you is those, those uh, recovery buffs. Um, and then you get major resolve instead of a unique 5280 armor. And that's basically equivalent. You know, when, the way that they changed it, it almost makes me think this was their, like, this was kind of the plan all along. It's just because how convenient yeah. is it that every single buff or every single stat this thing gave you had a nice, perfect buff that they just could sub in for? Yeah, they were all, all every single one of them are right in the yeah. ballpark of those major buffs. You're totally yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, the stats on this really didn't even change at all. They just they just all became buffs that were all part of it. I mean, the, the overall piece, when you put it on a character, really kind of still gives you the same stats. You just can't stack it with other things anymore. Yeah, and it's important to know it still uh, it wasn't in their like notes this week, but it does still give you the the max stats like three thousand something health, magicka, and stamina, and that is a unique thing. Yeah, that is really nice. Um, I'm thinking this maybe isn't great for a werewolf at all now. Like it went, it was going <laughs> to yeah. be like uh, mandatory for werewolves. Now I think it's maybe not great for werewolves at all. Yeah, well, werewolves can already have all of these these buffs on their kit. You know, they yeah. all of the they have so many passives with all of their front bar abilities. Um, really, kind of what this has become is a kind of like a werewolf light almost for a class. Like if you want to have mm -hmm. a class that kind of has the same playstyle as a werewolf without just using the werewolf abilities, that's kind of what this does. It kind of turns a character into a werewolf light, but it still lets you use class abilities. Yeah, it kind of just lets you have those things. I feel like 
really the the target the target person for this is just someone who really wants to have a single bar build and they don't they yeah. don't want to be bar swapping and all of that sort of stuff and it is kind of convenient it, it, at least in pvp and even mm-hmm. a lot of times in pve your back bar tends to be your buff bar yep um so this is just replacing your buff bar uh, and you don't have to worry about that you just already have all those buffs and you can just put everything you need on your front bar um we did a little bit of kind of light theory craft discussion last night about um possibly using this on a warden that could actually work pretty well um because uh, wardens are very buff heavy that's kind of one of the drawbacks they're super powerful but they have a whole lot of stuff to juggle yeah. uh, and this can lighten that load quite a bit and um for a lot of other classes you might not want to give up those abilities right like the, your your armor buff like say you're a sorcerer giving up your armor buff in favor favor of this thing you're giving up quite a bit you're giving up most likely hurricane which is giving you minor expedition that's very valuable to have and there's other examples of that but i feel like uh, a warden doesn't really suffer like their sources of those buffs aren't really tied to any spectacular abilities i think you can kind of let go of those pretty easily for the most part yeah i mean i'll talk about this a little bit more later on but i'm kind of excited about this item now i mean that kind of seems weird because it got a huge nerf but it doesn't seem like this broken thing anymore that everybody's going to be like have to use so that actually entices me to use it more and so um i'll i'll talk about it a little bit later on but i've kind of got a new idea for for old bear claw the nord my stamina warden build one thing that you really um pointed out to me when we were talking about this last night is the fact that uh since it's giving you your major recovery buffs, major endurance, fortitude, and intellect, which is what um, a tri-stat potion would give you, it really gives you the option to go cheap on the potions. Just use like basic trash potions and you're not having to give up those major recovery buffs. Um, that's pretty nice. Save a lot of money with potions if you do a lot of PvP. <laughs> that's basically the only thing I spend gold on is potions. Yeah, exactly. And it's a lot of gold. It's a lot of gold. It's yeah. a whole lot of gold. So yeah, I'm actually, I'm excited about the cheap potion potential. That this item will bring. Yeah, I like I like how they changed it. It was it was going to be like ridiculously busted before, and I think like this, it's useful for a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, probably people who are super like they play at a really elite level and they're making like the most dialed in builds they possibly can. They're probably not going to use this. You know, no, I wouldn't think so. And you are giving up the option to say like have an arena weapon on your back bar or do like a back bar only set or something like that. You know, there are drawbacks, but um, I think if you do want just like an easy to play build that gets good results, this is going to let you have that. Pet sorks, I think would be good. Templars, it could be good. Yeah. Well, and, and, and like you said, it wasn't originally on there, but the fact that it kept, that it kept those, the, the three lines of max stats, cause it's a, good chunk of max stats i think it's like yeah 3700 of each stat so yeah um you know it really it i mean if this was a i kind of look at it you know we talked about this in previous i kind of look at it as if it was a five piece set and it was giving all of these items you know these it, it'd be a pretty good five piece set so if you can get it with one item you know it's going to make it a little bit better grizzacon says i like that they changed it to be basically pointless in group content but still good <laughs> yeah, I feel like it is like a maybe like a solo PVE build is kind of going to be the main use use case there. The other really interesting set, um, Coral Riptide. They made a little change to this. They buffed it basically, which it didn't need. Um, <laughs> this one is the one that the five piece bonus gives you up to seven hundred forty 
weapon and spell damage based on how much stamina you're missing. So now you'll get the, uh, the maximum value when your stamina is at 33% rather than 0%. It's going to be even easier to, to reach that max. I feel like this is the set that's going to be, this is going to be the nasty one. This is going to be the one that those really good players in PvP are going to find a way to break this thing. And this is going to be the one several weeks from now we're going to be complaining about. There's already lots of PvP players who invest minimally in sustain and just go, just mm-hmm. stack the damage as high as they possibly can. And they just, they'll just figure the sustain out. They just want max yeah. damage and they make it work. A lot of people can really make that work. Those people are obviously going to be super interested in this. 33% is still a pretty good chunk of stamina. Well, and you made a great point last night that even if you're not, even if you're at 50% stamina or 60% stamina, this set's still going to give you great stats. You're still getting great weapon and spell damage from this thing. Right, you don't have to hit that thirty-three percent. Didn't we do the math? Like at like I can't remember. <laughs> it was scrolling math, so <laughs> take it as you will. But <laughs> but yeah, yeah even I mean, at, it even was... at fifty percent, you're getting more uh, weapon and spell damage than almost any other set can give you. Yeah, I think at like fifty percent, it was like four hundred and seventy or you know, like four eighty, somewhere like between four fifty and five hundred weapon and spell damage. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's good. So, and 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 here's the thing, and and I, I, you you know, you made a great point, is that those very very good players in PvP, kind of like the ones we were talking about, that won't really enjoy the Oaken Soul. Those people that can min max their builds and play it perfectly, they're not really going to like Oaken Soul because Oaken Soul kind of makes a a build easier to play. Where this one is, if you're if you're able and, and capable to do that that min maxing perfect with your your resources and your recovery which really good players that's what makes them really good players that they can do those kinds of things flawlessly this is the perfect set for them because they will find a way to every single you know every single rotation they're throwing at you they're going to have 740 weapon of spell damage buff to it yeah and you could even maybe even run a a fairly high or normal amount of recovery and just anytime you you want that damage just do like a couple of back-to-back roll dodges to make your stamina go down before you attack someone or something like that you know there's yeah. going to be all kinds of ways to yep. to game that um yeah look out i think that's going to be like yeah even either the meta or it's going to be very very popular amongst pretty much everybody and it's a uh it's not a dungeon set, is it? It's a it's a trial set. Yeah, it's a trial set, which is yeah. really interesting. Uh, when's the last time, if ever, has a has a trial set been kind of the the meta in PvP? Yeah, or even just like useful. I feel like yeah. there's a there's a few like base vanilla game trial sets yeah. that are pretty good, but yeah, most of the DLC ones they're very PVE specific. I'm sure there's some, but I can't think of any right now. Or Riptide, just just rip. Just remember the rip part. Yeah, rip, because that, that's what you're going to be saying <laughs> exactly. when someone hits you wearing this thing. Exactly. Um, so they've also made some adjustments to some existing sets, uh, the, the two that really stood out to me. One is my one of my favorite sets, Witchman's Armor. It's one of my favorite sets that I don't use because it's not really... <laughs> It's not actually all that strong, but I just really like the idea of Witchman's. It basically, if you wear it, you have the Dragon Knight's Battle Roar passive. Essentially, whenever you use an ultimate, it restores resources. Um, now it's going to be based on uh, 
how much ultimate you spend rather than how much the ultimate costs. That's a pretty big buff. So if you're using an ultimate that only costs, you know, 100 ultimate points, but you have 500 ultimate when you, you know, it, you deplete mm-hmm. your entire ultimate pool every time you cast your ultimate. So this will scale off of all of that. So that actually might make this a very strong set, potentially. I don't think yeah. Dragon Knights particularly need it because their sustain's really good. I always think of this as a Dragon Knight set, you know. Yeah. Um, but if other classes want to have that kind of functionality, then there you go. They'll probably give it to you. And then Shapeshifter's Chain is now maybe not completely useless. Uh, <laughs> that's the one that reduces yeah. the cost of transformation ultimates, right? Uh, so now it also reduces the cost of werewolf active abilities, just like your normal slottable abilities, by 15%. So that actually makes it at least useful for a werewolf. At the yeah. very least, maybe I mean, even really good. It was kind of, you know, before it was like a werewolf was the last person that was going to wear this set, this mythic. It was because it was completely useless to them. Because once you're a werewolf, it's pretty easy to stay a werewolf. So who cares about the, the reduction in cost? Um, but yeah, I really like this change. I think now uh, we will actually see some werewolves start to use this thing. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the pain... I've never played a werewolf, but I believe one of the pain points of being a werewolf is sustain is difficult. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, most of the werewolf abilities are, are 4,000, 5,000 cost abilities. So yeah, wow. um, a 15% reduction. I mean, that's the other thing. They're so expensive that a 15% reduction is good for any abilities. But it's going to be even more of a reduction on those high-cost werewolf abilities. So Let's see how that goes. Uh, they adjusted some others, but it was mostly minor stuff. They adjusted some visual effects, uh, kind of revamped a couple of tooltips so that the descriptions are a little more accurate and little things like that. Um, a few combat and balance adjustments that they've made. Um, Mortal Coil. Talked about last time how it gives you health, stamina, and magicka recovery while it's active as one of the new things. Um, they've adjusted that so that now it, uh, it only gives you 1020 magicka and stamina, um, not recovery. It just restores 1020 magicka and stamina over its duration, which is 12 seconds, uh, rather than giving you that that recovery of all three. So you don't get any health restore at all. Um, and I think that's going to result in a little bit more Magicka and Stamina sustain from this ability, with, but you're not going to have that health uh, restore. And the, the dev comment, my own paraphrase, is basically they just wanted to differentiate this from the Mystic Siphon ability. So more yeah, they, did, they didn't want the two of them to be the exact same thing, right? Yeah. And, and you know, in last uh, last episode, we talked about the benefit of potentially using both of them. Uh, I still think there's benefit. Still, totally, yeah. So, Absolutely. I still think that's there. So, might even be more benefit because yeah, in in PvP, health recovery is not super valuable. It's nice, but you know, I would I think I would prefer to have additional magicka and stamina recovery because that's not getting reduced by battle spirit the way health recovery is. So I'm getting more value there. Yeah, especially on a necro where they're a little cost heavy. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a good change. Yeah. Um. A sorcerer ability crystal weapon um that's their spammable that buffs up your next uh light or heavy attack and as of pts it, it buffs your next two light or heavy attacks right um they gave it a a 1200 cost increase so it's a little more expensive since the, it, it has been buffed makes sense um and uh, they also increased that window of time to six seconds so when you cast this thing you have six seconds to cast one or two 
uh, light or heavy attacks. And they, they basically said that they wanted it to be more useful for heavy attacks. So they, they increased that window there. The Templar uh, bubble, Living Dark, we talked about on the last episode. It was significantly nerfed. It has that 2,000 cap. It just it just heals you for a flat 2,000 whenever it procs. Um, so to kind of compensate for that nerf, they've uh, increased the duration from 4 seconds up to 10 seconds. So it actually makes it a pretty nice, useful ability now, I think. You know, one of the tough parts about having this with that four second is that it's it's tough to slot on your back bar. But now at 10 seconds, you can throw this thing on your back bar and kind of... Just make it uh, part of your buff rotation. Yep, exactly. 10 seconds, so I'm pretty sure that's the same duration as radiating regen. So you just cast those yep. two back to back and easy. That's, that's a pretty nice change for a Templar to be able to throw this, if you use it to throw it on the back bar. And it still has the... Um, the other stuff, like it still snares people when they attack you and stuff like that. So it's still very useful. I think the fact that, yeah, that it has like a good long duration now and a little, they reduce the cost by a little bit as well. Um, so I think it went from being an OP ability to actually just a, a good useful ability to slot, but you're not like crippling yourself by not slotting it. You don't feel guilty for having it slotted anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as cheesy, but very useful. Like you have that and uh, regen ticking on you and you're still going to feel pretty safe, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Plus, you're probably going to have an extended ritual down as well. So mm-hmm. the dev comment, my own paraphrase, they basically just wanted to want it to still be usable. They, they knew that they nerfed it a lot, so they just wanted to make it usable still. I logged into PTS, did a little bit of testing. Um, a shout out to Grizzly Khan because he he started this conversation on uh, Discord about uh, Left Hander's War Girdle. Um, he was asking about if you're so Left Hander's War Girdle. That's the one where um, when you're wearing it, your roll dodges no longer dodge attacks; they give you a damage shield instead. Um, so Grizzly was wondering, in that case, does it still consume stamina, and does your character still do the dodge animation? Um, the answer to both is yes, it does still cost stamina and it's a ramping stamina cost, just like roll dodge. Um, and your character does still do the dodge animation, but it isn't, I guess, technically dodging attacks when you do that. Now we were kind of wondering like what, on the last episode we talked about this, right? Like what, what's better about having a damage shield than just avoiding the attack completely? Like why would I want to do that? Um, the answer is, if the attack isn't avoidable, like there, there is undodgeable damage in this game, in particular yeah. a lot of uh, AoE. So that's the use case, basically, if you're trying to primarily deal with AoE rather than single target attacks, this would be the solution for that. I'm not sure if it's usable, useful or not. You know, it's. I'm kind of thinking about this, and I kind of want to give this a try now. Like, you know, in Battlegrounds, a lot of the damage is coming from AoE. It's true. I mean, I would I can see it in in battlegrounds where being anti AOE instead of anti single target would be beneficial. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely where most of your damage is coming from is is AOE ability. So I I could see the benefit of that in a in a battleground for sure. I'm, I wonder if maybe there's like some trial boss fights or something like that where it might be useful as well. Where like yeah. dodging. Like there might be some AOE boss mechanic where you just can't really dodge it, but maybe wearing this thing you could you can afford to kind of stand in it. I'm trying to think how weird it would be to like 
reset my play style to where if there's AOE on the ground, I'm roll dodging around in it. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like getting used to that. Like no, not when somebody's like, you know, doing an attack on you, but just somebody does some AOE ability and you're just roll yeah. dodge. But yeah, that's the use case though. That's I was trying to rack my brain like why in the world would I use this? Uh, theoretically, that would be the reason. If I'm really trying to deal with AOE damage in particular, um, yeah. that that's it. I still don't know if it's actually worth it or not. I've, I have a feeling like we're going to actually end up seeing this on a build or two, and people are going to find out that it's actually not terrible. It's kind of my yeah. hunch. I, I could see it being a way to that it's going to there's going to be some tanky builds that are going to be tough to take down. Mm-hmm. Um. The other one we talked about last uh, on the last episode was uh, Sea Serpent's Coil. This is the one that gives you forty uh, percent uh, extra damage mitigation while you're at full health, um, and then when you take damage while at full health, you lose that damage mitigation, but then you get uh, Major Berserk and Major Courage for ten seconds. Um, and so we were wondering if, well, if you're a Sork with shields and your shields take damage. Like, does, do you still just keep that damage mitigation uh, rather than it turning into that, that damage buff? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, if, you, if you're a sorcerer with shields, if, you, if your shields take damage, that basically counts as you taking damage. So that initial attack will be, you know, 40% reduced, but then it will turn into that, that major berserk and major courage. Um, so not particularly good for sorks. I mean, I think it still could be good for sorks, but really... That got me thinking. This is actually really great for um, just like brawlers, like tanky brawlers. Yeah. Like you think in PvP, it's really not advisable to let your health bar be less than one hundred percent for very long. You know, like the longer your health bar goes at being less than one hundred percent, the more likely you're going to get focused harder and harder until you're dead. Like you think about most of the time, your health bar is full unless you're getting pressured really, really hard, and and in that case, it's only a matter of time. And this thing, when it procs, when you get that major courage, major berserk, two great buffs, lasts for 10 seconds. That's a very good duration. I think a brawler who's like constantly up in the mix of things, always taking damage all the time and healing back up, they're probably going to have a permanent uptime on that major berserk, major courage. I, I agree with you. I think that on a brawler build, this is definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's use case, not necessarily that you have to use it. But Right, yeah. I think that's like... People who are planning to take some damage fairly frequently are going to be the ones really looking at this thing. But also that that forty percent damage reduction while while you're at full health, that kind of makes it like a uh, fairly useful like anti gank tool as well. Like if you just want to yeah. have a lot of reduced damage from that initial out of stealth attack, um, that can help you survive that, and then you'll have some extra damage to to retaliate. What it, what it makes me think is, you know, everybody's been there that, that has done PvP and been a, in a BG is when you're sitting there and you look up and there's some, you know, gank build that's just shooting you from like the second level or on mm-hmm. some high. This is this would just be great to have on and just heal up right between each one of their hits and just kind of stare at them. I could. Yeah, that would be the joy. I think this is actually going to be a set that gets used quite a bit. I have a feeling like that 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 gank protection and a really easy uptime on two really strong buffs that aren't super duper uh, common. I guess cur- courage is kind of common, but not like in battlegrounds. It's hit or miss if you have someone with spell power yeah. cure or not. You know, um, the the tricky part for 
the tricky part to all this for me when I look at this, and we, you know, we're not we're just talking about the changes, but even going back to the new mythics that have come out, is that there is a lot of tankiness focused uh, sets and mythics coming out. Like it, uh-huh. it, there's going to be some tanky, and people PvP. already are so tanky right now yeah. as it is. And, yeah. I, and it's, I think there's definitely going to be some new tankiness in PvP that we're going to be dealing with. I think in future patches they are going to be tone, <clears throat> going to be toning that down, or at least I hope. Or up in damage or something, some way yeah. to balance it out. Yeah, I, you know how they go. They go in cycles. So I, I bet at some point exactly that will happen. Um, so that's kind of all the stuff we wanted to talk about that's been happening the last couple of weeks on PTS. Um, if you want to see more about High Isle and just get an idea of what the zone looks like and stuff, um, on Twitch TV or twitch.tv slash Bethesda, um, they did do a, um, like a zone preview where, um, the developers are logged into the PTS and they're running around and kind of talking about different things and showing off different parts of the zone and stuff like that. Um, it's called High Isle Dev Discussion is the name of the video on their Twitch channel there. Um, that's pretty good, pretty entertaining. I think they're fun people to listen to them talk and joke around with each other. You can tell you can tell that they work together and they know each other very well and that kind of stuff. Um, I watched maybe like half of it and I, I kind of got the idea. My impression was basically the same impression I had when I logged into PTS for myself, which is it's a pretty bland looking zone. I got to say, like, it's just and they showed off all the coolest parts. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know. It looks pretty bland. Um, but. They really, the, this whole like um, marketing cycle for uh, this expansion has been very, very heavy on the writing and the character development. And that's the stuff that they're really kind of trying to sell you on. And, and in the video there, that's mostly what they are talking about is kind of story and writing and that kind of stuff. Um, I hope they deliver on that stuff. Uh, I think that stuff can be really, really good in this game uh, when they bring it. And so... They're not bringing much else with this expansion, so I really hope that they do deliver on that stuff, and it's as cool as they're building it up to be. What do you think, Davius? How are you feeling about High Isle? I think that, um, you know, we, we talked about this on the lap, last episode, but I think that the... I think they're kind of putting a lot of chips in the middle of the table with the card game, and mm-hmm. it's it seems risky to me because... You know, I don't know if all of the ESO players are really into card games. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some people that are, some people are interested, but it's like, for the people who don't necessarily buy every expansion and they're looking at like, well, okay, what do I get if I buy this expansion? I don't know if that's going to entice all that many people, you know, the card yeah. game. Yeah. The way like a necromancer would. It's just I, you know, I and I, you know, I, I don't want to repeat myself, but I will here is that I, it's just a, it's an, it's a unique strategy to, for your new expansion to create a new game different from the actual game. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna give you a different game inside the game, that's a lot different. You know, it's people they're they're banking on people logging in, and and to play a different to play a card game instead of instead of playing ESO, which is unique i feel like i would like it i feel like i would think it was really neat if it was coming alongside some other like actually really cool thing you know if we were getting like a city yeah. order type skill line and a new card game it'd be like oh it's kind of cool you know like but since like that's the thing man yeah 
just doesn't do it for well, me. Well, and and I'm kind of concerned with the fact that they're you know they're estimated, and I mentioned this too, but the estimated time for a game being 15 minutes, like if this was really kind of a, a time killer or kind of something to do on the side, I would think more of like five minute games, but like a 15 minute game for each game, like this is going to, you're going to log on to do three or four of these games and then, you know. Yeah, that's your evening. You're going to be done. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the length evening. of a battleground. Yeah, yeah. Like oftentimes I come home from work, I play two or three battlegrounds and that's my play session for the night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it the 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 length of the average length of the game really surprised me. Like they're really there's a there's a it's lot It's a serious of, card game. Exactly. It's there's a lot into it. Kit's bio break of this episode is brought to you by Mike's Hard Lemonade. That's the reason for the bio. I had too many Mike's Hard Lemonades. <laughs> That's the sponsorship right there. So, um, been doing some BGs in between Elden Ring time. I've been doing a little BGs here and there. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I won't, I won't make the same complaint the twentieth time in the row. It's still, you know, no death match and and all of that. I, uh, I have been noticing that there are. A fair number of just like straight up literal PVE tanks in battlegrounds, like people that don't fight, mm. they have no damage, they have no desire to do damage, uh, and they cannot be killed. Like no matter how many people are DPSing them, they just kind of hang out in their little meditate bubble on a flag until it's capped, and then they just kind of casually walk to the next flag and cap that one. And that I think perfectly illustrates my whole issue <laughs> with. Um, <laughs> With the fact that we can only do random game modes is because, you know, if we were to get serious and like, let's say like, all right, I want to put together a team comp and we're going to win every land grab game, every domination match that we see, we're absolutely going to win it. The perfect team comp is to have four of those guys. Yeah. Right. And everyone who who needs, you don't need to kill people. Yeah. You don't need to kill people at all. And all four of us would just split up. Everyone go find a flag. And if you, if anyone tries to kill you, just try not to die or run away from them and go find another flag. And that's, you know, peak gameplay. That's, you know, that's how, that's how you win. Yeah. Uh, and that team did win without fighting at all. The equivalent of that for me, and it's the exact same thing, but kind of a different side of the spectrum is when I'm in the, when I'm in a BG now and I'm looking at the team who won. And it's a landslide. They just dominated the match. And I'm looking through their team and it's like zero and 15. Like mm-hmm. zero kills, 15 deaths. Zero kills, 13 deaths. Zero kills, 12 deaths. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the victory. That's the team that won. All right. Okay. Yeah. The- that's the one. A bunch of just pure speed. Like, you know, it's it's beneficial. They're trying to die so that they can respawn to get to other parts quicker. It's right. the objectives don't incentivize combat, and quite the opposite, actually, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Chaos Ball is different. I feel like Chaos Ball draws everyone to the same part of the map, and fights are probably going to happen. I kind of like Chaos Ball as long as my team doesn't have the ball. It's um, yeah. It, I mean, that's it exactly. Is the Chaos Ball is good until your team gets the ball, and then it's like, all right, this is not. It's not a fair fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's 
yeah, I mean, Chaos Ball is the, the best one because there's actually fighting, but the whole point to it is that it purposely makes it a unfair fight. <laughs> anyway, BGs, that's still the situation there. There's still a lot of healing. It's still just like, if there is a team stacked up, you're not going to kill anybody. No one's going to die. Um, I've, and I, like I said, I think they have plans to tone that down in the future. I do feel like my Stamplar, my main old Betsy, um, she's she's feeling like she's in the sweet spot right now. I, I I really love the fact that she's the same old build, basically that she's always been as far as how she feels and and all that sort of stuff. And she she has that extra team support now, and it's kind of it's kind of a problem because my other like my entire rest of my roster is getting neglected. You know, like I. It used to be like, well, I kind of want to play with Betsy because she's the one that feels the best to me, but these other characters kind of do things better. Um, but now she kind of has everything. She can kind of do whatever is needed on, on any team, and um, it's just hard not to... And, and it, she's the character that I like the most on top of all yeah. that, you know? So it's just hard not to just log in with her again and again and again. Yep. Um, that. So what's her build? It's a uh, wretched vitality um, as a full body five piece set. She has uh, deadly strikes as a front bar only set with a sharpened maul, sharpened two handed maul, uh, an infused master bow, gaze of Sithis, mythic helm, and one piece Baylor. Gets three swift jewelry. Um, the armor is I think it's all medium. I, I I don't have it all written down, but I think it's all medium with a mixture of uh, divines and well fitted. Um, and she's just super duper fast. She has a ton of damage. Very, very good group support, healing. Uh, the sustain is very good. I'm very, very happy with Betsy. She's just like perfectly in the sweet spot. Anyway, Davius, you said you had some stuff going on with Bearclaw the Nord. What's going on with this dude? Oh, Bearclaw the Nord. You know, I feel like we're kind of in that, that phase right now where it's, you know, we got a new update coming out soon, new patch coming out soon with a bunch of changes. So it's you know, it's, it's right now we're all just kind of waiting for the changes, you know, any, any potential things we're excited about, you know, you got to wait for the new set or the, you know, ability changes or whatnot's happening. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, this is kind of a good time for theory crafting. And so, um, I, I have come up with a new build for bear claw, the Nord, my, my stamina warden, you know, we talked about it in the last episode. Um, the, all it took was the, the bear alt, uh, dealing bleed damage now, mm -hmm. uh, and I've I've been kind of eyeballing Bearclaw to to become kind of this bleed build, and that was that was the final piece I needed to make it work. Uh, shout out to my my dev, my ESO dev that's always looking out for me. <laughs> always buffing a, your builds. He's always buffing my builds. <laughs> Um, uh, and so, uh, I've been kind of theory crafting this build, and you know we were talking about last night, and I I think. I think it's going to work out pretty good. You know, kind of the, the idea that I have so far is five-piece Blood Drinker, um, five-piece Griffin's Reprisal, one-piece mm -hmm. Trainee, and then I'm going to throw that Oaken Soul Mythic on there. So it's going to be a front bar only build. Uh, and I'll do a little bit of a deep dive here just to kind of go into to, to the theory crafting part of it. Okay. The front bar, since it's only going to have a front bar, um, it's going to do Cutting Dive as the spammable. Mm -hmm. And it's still a bow build. You know, Bear Claw is always the bow build for life. <laughs> um, so it's going to be cutting dive with the bow build. So it works as a spammable. Uh, growing swarm. And then I'm going to have resolving vigor and soothing spores. So two heals. And then I'm going to have the bull niche uh, with the bear as the ult. 
Um, and so that kind of works out really well for the Oaken Soul because it's going to give me all of my back bar buffs that I needed. And then the one buff that I still needs, my damage buff, and that that's going to be the bull net still giving it to me. And so we were talking about this. It, it works out kind of well on a Warden. Um, and this this build is really just all about that five-piece Blood Drinker, which is a 20% increase to your bleed damage. And so, uh, you know, just to go over the stats with that Oaken Soul and the, and the, the items that, uh, that are on there, uh, it's 30k health, 30k stamina, 22k uh, magicka. So all the max stats are fantastic. Um, 5700 weapon damage, so pretty good weapon damage. Um, and that's not including, you know, the the 20, 20% buff to the bleed mm-hmm. damage, um, which is huge. And then it's actually got 2k uh, stamina recovery. So That's very good. Uh, feel pretty good about the those stats on the build. Um, and then really kind of the other thing I want to dive into is just Uh, which, you know, the fun part of the build, which is kind of going into that bleed stuff. Um, Just the tooltips, you know, so the the cutting dive spammable, it's a a 10, you know, on the tooltips, I got it to a 10,700 damage spammable, which is, I feel like it's pretty standard spammable. Uh, But the nice part about that cutting dive is it also has a bleed along with it Mm -hmm. if they're off balance. And so it has 11K bleed over seven seconds. And it sets them off balance. Like, and it sets them off balance. The first cast sets them off balance, and then your next cast will get that additional bleed. Yep. And so 11k bleed over seven seconds is pretty great when it's my spammable that's going to be throwing it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, the next one is the growing swarm. That's a 18k, 18,400 uh, damage bleed over 10 seconds. Um, and then my favorite part. The, my favorite part of the whole build is the bear now that he deals bleed damage. So his regular attack is only 3,200, which isn't, you know, it's not nothing, but it's nothing special. Mm-hmm. But the swipe ability, so so the ult ability is bleed damage now, but the swipe ability is also bleed damage. And so his the swipe ability is when they kind of stand up on their back legs and they kind of swipe and it's an AOE ability and it also stuns. And he just does that um, when he wants, right? Right. But it's pretty common. I mean, I yeah. would say it's probably about every third attack or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the tooltip on that thing is 16,700 oh. uh, AOE attack, which is pretty fantastic. Oh, that's big. Uh, love seeing that on the bear. Um, and then the, the ultimate attack is a, it's a 15k tooltip on the ultimate attack, and that is an execute. Um, so if they're under 25% health, that can get up to a 30k uh, execute. And so... Yeah. Uh, this build's always kind of been. You you activate the ultimate again, basically to do yes. that. How much is that? And it's it's only seventy five. Seventy five oh, ultimate. Well, that's nice. Very very easy to do. And you can so, control like the heaviest hit that he has. You can control when he does that. That's cool. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And and you really just kind of use it as your execute on the build. So that mm-hmm. that works as the builds execute. You know, if somebody's in, you know, under that, then you you hit him with the barrel. Uh, and, and you pretty much always have it when you need it. So it, it works really well. The Griffin set is, is that whenever you deal critical damage, um, you or, or an ally can activate a synergy essentially in the next eight seconds, you've got eight seconds to activate it. And then a small Griffin, it says fly by, but I actually looked up the animation on this and it really, it is kind of from the top down. It's a straight line down. Mm. Uh, and it does, uh, and the Griffin comes and deals AOE damage. Um, and I think it's within five meters. Yeah. Five meters. 
Um, but I think it's five meters to either side of the character. So I think it's, a, you know, a pretty decent size. Yeah. Um, but it, since it is bleed damage, the tool tip on this build is is 34,300 bleed damage over 10 seconds. Yeah, it's a very strong dot. And then you'll have the one from the cliff racer and from yep. the, the swarming Growing flies. Growing swarm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I do think that, uh, you know, if this build works out, I do think it can lay in some pretty decent damage. Um, and then, you know, when it when people are low, it'll use that bear and finish them off. So. Yeah, and it'll be pretty easy to play, it seems like, too. Like, you only yeah, have two attacks, kind of, basically. Well, besides yep. the bear, you know. Yeah, I mean, but it, that makes the bear easier to use. Yeah. It really does you kind seem of focus kind on of that. A, Just put a couple of dots on them and then focus on that bear. Yep. Exactly. And it and I, I do like that the, the Griffins set can, and Ally can use that, too. So... I feel like that is going to make that the uptime and the usability of that set a lot more frequent is that you know, if I don't always have to worry about being the one to hit that synergy, Someone's is gonna that somebody, somebody's going to hit that synergy. So that Griffin's going to be happening as, as much as, as possible. Yeah. Everyone pounds those synergies as soon as they pop up. Cause you want yep. those resources. Yeah. Um, does it, does the tooltip say on the cliff racer or cutting dive, um, how long that bleed lasts when it gets applied? Uh, seven seconds. So okay. it's actually kind of nice. It's, it's a it's a lower duration uh, bleed, which is nice because you know that means each tick's going to be higher. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so it works out really well because it sets them off balance for seven seconds as well. Okay. Um, it's all about the sevens. You have to be seven <laughs> meters away, sets them off balance for seven seconds, and then the bleed damage is seven seconds. I don't know what the deal is with that, but <laughs> just think seven. That's just how the spreadsheet worked out. <laughs> That's just how it worked out. Nice, dude. That'd be cool to see Bear Claw out there cracking skulls again. I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a minute. I haven't played with him in a while. It's you know, it's it wardens have been kinda on the shelf a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I still maintain that they surely are still strong, they're just not popular. They have so much going on in their class. Yeah, I feel like that all the other classes got a little bit you know, they were always like a little bit above the other classes, and I feel like all the other classes got a little bit better and they didn't get worse they just were still good mm-hmm. and i feel like that that kind of made them a little less popular as the other classes got a little bit closer to their capabilities mm-hmm. oh buff wardens <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first how far into elden ring are you now i am at the um the the window that shows you on steam the where you click purchase to buy ah oh, dude that's a hard boss <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough that's one. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. You might have to summon help on that one. <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a that's a boss. I'm gonna have to uh, pull the the wife and family in to, to help me conquer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll carry you. Don't worry. I'll, I'll carry you. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll have to. You can summon people in to help for the for the for the bosses on this. Right. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Uh, that's basically all the ESO stuff we have to talk about. Um, I've I've been playing a ton of Elden Ring still. Probably will be for a, a while to come. Uh, like I said in the last episode, I am the Elden Lord now. So I just I just means I beat the game. I finished the story. I got the um, Age of the Duskborn ending. That's I mean it sounds cool, but I've from what I've heard of you that that's that's not a great one. But you know you 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 casually mentioned over the Elden Lord like. You know, we've discussed it, and that's the rule. Everybody needs to refer to you, Elden Lord Ket. That's just going forward. Uh, Elden Lord Sparrowhawk. 
Elden uh, Lord's Prayer. I mean, yeah. I apologize. See, I'm not getting it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the Age of the Dustborn ending, that is not the ending that I wanted. Uh, I've said before how the, the quest, as, as amazing as this game is, it's a, a once in a generation kind of game. It's so good. But the quest design, man, it's it's pretty frustrating because you literally I'm I'm curious whenever you finally get this game, I'm curious to see how much success you have with the quests without looking up things and with Google and stuff like that. Because I feel like I would have had no chance at completing some of these quests without looking up how to do it on Google. Yeah, I feel like that take definitely takes you out of the immersion. Yeah. <laughs> the Google screen. The uh the ending the ending that I got was not the one that I wanted. I, I had a particular ending I was shooting for, the Age of the Stars ending, which is the the good one that everyone you know everyone likes the best. And I had done all the stuff. I met all the criteria for that ending, but there was some random thing that I was supposed to do after I beat the final boss. There was just some random thing I was supposed to do that no way I would have guessed that I needed to do that. Um, and then. I did the wrong thing and it was too late to go back and I'm stuck with the ending that I got, which I, I did not like the ending that I got. I was not pleased with it. The Age of the Duskborn, it's Fia's ending. Don't recommend it. That's tough. <laughs> I feel like that leaves kind of a bad taste in your mouth. A little bit. I mean, that's, I think most like Souls vets will tell you that that's just, that's what you're signing up for. That's how these games are. <laughs> it's just you know, the way, it's just it, the way is. it is. Yeah. And you can like totally like this game will let you break the game. You can absolutely kill key npcs and like be unable to progress further in the game and stuff like that if you wanted to it kind of it's kind of cool because it adds to the mystique and the intrigue and the mystery of the world and everything and it it does add something to the atmosphere but i feel like the quests need a little bit of a nudge like they need to nudge you just a little bit in the right direction to I think your character needs like a journal or something where he just writes down like the the important thing that that NPC yeah. said so that you can chew on that. Maybe maybe you can figure it out based on that information or maybe not, but at least something to refer to would be nice. Yeah, I feel like it just based on your descriptions, you know, because I, I still haven't played, but just, you know, if you're not going to have any quest indicators or any map or anything that points out any important NPC to somebody that doesn't matter at all, just some journal that at least recorded conversation so you could at least scroll back through that yeah even if it's not the full Something. conversation even if it's just like a highlight you know theoretically my character like jotted down like oh so and so said i needed to check this out you know like just a little summary of the important yeah. thing that they said the important clue that they gave me um you know, whatever. It, it was kind of annoying that I didn't get the ending that I wanted, even though I, I had done all the stuff that I needed to do. And just the the random thing that I needed to do to trigger that ending at the at the at the end. There's just, I mean, give me a hundred playthroughs. I don't think I would have thought to do that. You know, so that's got me. That's got me like uh, stressed out a little bit when I play. Like I feel like <laughs> I, that every three steps I'm going to take, I'm going to like be looking it up. Like, did I take the right? Well, three steps or you know probably the best thing is to not have a particular ending you're really trying to shoot for and just play and just let it go how it goes yeah. you know and then maybe in new game plus or make a new character or whatever then try to do things specifically that's probably like the right way but um i was just a little bit annoyed by that well and that's tough too is if you've if you like the character that you have you know like 
if you know your character's named Sparrowhawk, right? So if you like your current character Sparrowhawk, you you either gonna have to when you make a new one, you're gonna have to come up with something different, or you're gonna have to erase him and start over, right? Well, I can do new game plus with him, and he still stays the way he is, and you, I can make, make him basically play the game again with that character with the same level and everything like that. Yeah, like you start the game again at the level that you okay. ended at, That's... and you can continue leveling, you know, further That's as you play. Nice. Yeah. So I probably will do another playthrough with him and try to get that. I probably won't like explore every nook and cranny of the map again. And that's really the big deterrent is like right now I have like the entire map uncovered. I have every point of grace. I can go anywhere, do anything in the world. And when I start new game plus, I'm going to have to discover all those grace points again and all that stuff. And that'll be kind of, I kind of like having a character I can log in with that just kind of has everything. But, um, I'll start New Game Plus at some point when I get ready. So for now, I'm kind of taking a little break from the PvE side of things since I beat the story. Um, I'm kind of dipping my toe into the PvP side of things. And um, man, I got to say, it's really fun. That's This is the main reason I, I keep hounding you to get this game. Like, I know that you will <laughs> really, really enjoy the PvE. But I think, man, we could have such a blast in the PvP. It's It's seriously super fun. And there's so many, like cool builds it just me knowing you i know that you you'll be able to put together some characters and some builds that you'll like a lot yeah that's cool so how many people can you have like how many characters can you have in one instance so any multiplayer session i believe can be a maximum of four people um so like with pvp like if you're engaging with the invasion system you can have like a it could be a 1v1, a 1v2, a 1v3, or a 2v2. 2v2, there it was. That's what I was looking for, is that 2v2. The 2v2s are fun. Me, Shout out to CPU scientists. We've been uh, grouping up. He'll, he'll join me in my world as an ally, uh, and then I'll turn on the this thing called the Taunter's Tongue, which basically just makes you more likely to be invaded. And... Um, and so we'll get invaded usually by two people at a time. Like usually someone will invade and then a, a minute or so later, a new person will invade and we'll get these two V two, two V twos going. And it's so super fun. And basically you have the whole map. Like you guys can just go anywhere, do anything like these fights can really go some places. Um, and it's super fun. So basically the two kind of ways of PVPing is these, these invasions where, um, it's kind of a troll. It's designed to be trolly, right? Like um, the way invasions work is if you are grouped up with someone, say like you join me, come into my game to play around with me in my world and help me fight bosses or whatever, then that opens you up to invasions. If you were, if you are engaged in the multiplayer in any way, you can be invaded huh. and there's no way to turn that off. Um, that's just part of it. And, that, and all Souls games, to my understanding, have been that way. So you just have to you just have to deal with it. You're going to get invaded, and you're going to have to do something about it. And kind of the the rules are there are no rules. Like if someone invades you, <laughs> if someone invades you, their objective is just to kill you as quickly as they possibly can by any means necessary. They often will fight dirty, you know, and use every trick they can get their hands on. Um, and that's that can be really fun. And then there's also dueling. Uh, which is just like, I invite you to come in 1v1 duel me, and that's all it is. Um, and that's kind of in a way similar to ESO, where there are, are these like player-made, like unwritten rules, like certain types of builds, certain types of weapons and things that 
it's kind of considered not cool to use those things in a duel, you know? Because it's not really a, a game that's balanced for PvP necessarily, and so the players kind of have to do it themselves. Um, so one big difference in um, in dueling, like what you would call an honorable duel, is there really is no healing. Like it's considered not cool at all to heal if you're in a just a straight up one v one duel, and that changes the the nature of the duel quite a bit. Because like you think in ESO when you're in a duel whoever you're fighting, they they have multiple really strong hots on them running at all times. And you basically have to burst them down in like a two or three second window. And if you can't do that, they're not going to die. Like you may as well just give up. Um, yeah. Whereas in Elden Ring, in duels, since the kind of the un, unwritten rule is don't heal, you can just kind of slowly chip someone down. I mean, you can burst them down in an instant and certainly there are builds that can one shot you. And I've, I've seen lots of them. Um, but if you're good enough and you can play around that, you can kind of slowly chip away at them over time and kill them slowly if you want to. And that totally works too. It's kind of cool that there's those different strategies that exist. Cause that just, you know, like you said, that absolutely is not a possibility in ESO. Mm-hmm. You've got to get something to, to get through their healing. Yeah. And even say like in invasions where there are no rules, anything goes, be as dirty as you want, heal as much as you want, whatever. Even when you can heal, and even when it's like acceptable to heal, it's not like an ESO where you can just stack all these hots and, you know, basically be impossible to kill. Like, healing is pretty rare. The main source of healing are these potions that you drink, and you only get so many of them. You can only have like maybe 10 or so at a time, and then that's that's all. And even to to do that heal it's kind of a long animation you kind of have to break away and give yourself time and distance to do it it just comes at a much bigger cost and it's a it's a much more finite thing than it is in ESO um so even when healing is allowed it's it's not as much of an issue to get through so when you're invading somebody or you have somebody invading do they get some sort of reward for killing you if they're invading you yeah, they get these things called the invaders get these things called rune arcs, uh, which actually really isn't that valuable of a thing, honestly. <laughs> um, but they can be nice. They they basically just temporarily give you a bunch more stats when you use those rune arcs. Um, and, and when you defend, so if you have two invaders come in and say you take both of them out, are they kicked out of your game once you kill them? Yeah, they're kicked out, and you get like basically nothing as a reward. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you that's tough. no, that's I'm, tough. I'm 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 wrong. You get uh, you basically get some XP. Um, okay, so there's, there's that. something there. Yeah, which is yeah, very you valuable. One, you in get this game. one transmute crystal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's its own reward. Yeah, just the just the fun of play. I would mm-hmm. Imagine. Oh, it's so fun, man! And you just see. Um, just so many different kinds of builds and and the invasions i've really been liking the invasions i like to lure people to come invade me that's what i like to do and since there are no no rules you kind of get a different experience every single time like sometimes you'll get someone invading you that they actually really just want to do a like an honorable duel you know and so you'll just you'll just go about it that way and then some people will, will like be sniping you with this like cannon thing from a place where you can't even see where they are you don't even know where it's coming oh, from and you know you get all kinds of different stuff um some people they've never even done pvp they're just like what's this invasion thing you know and so you just kill them <laughs> instantly and you get a huge variety of of experiences with it it's really fun especially doing it with a friend it's really cool 
Yeah. So it sounds like you can you can defend an invasion with a teammate. Like you can have someone in your world and you can defend against it. Can you invade as a teammate? Like two people group up and then go on invasions together? I don't think so. I think you can only invade okay. as a solo person. Um, but you okay. can um, you can designate yourself as a what they call a hunter. Uh, and basically what that is is say like two people are grouped up doing some PvE and then they get invaded by someone, then that automatic, they, they can set it up so that when they get invaded, a hunter is automatically summoned to try to kill that invader and protect them, basically. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, and then if you're, if you're invading someone who, where there's two or more people, then uh, there will probably also be a second invader join that multiplayer session as well. So, or no, if it's two people, just if it's two people. Um, another big difference in the combat, uh, as far as PVP goes, is that there there is no animation canceling whatsoever. Um, just kind of comparing it to ESO again, where it, it, there's a whole lot of animation canceling. You can't not animation cancel, you know, like light attack weaving and bar swap canceling and all that sort of stuff. And it's kind of balanced around that, like in in Elden Ring and in Souls like games, you know. Um, Stronger attacks have longer, slower animations, and weaker attacks have faster animations. And and so you kind of are thinking about, am I am I willing to commit to this really strong attack? Because if it misses, they're just going to be pounding on me while I'm still like picking my axe up off the ground and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it really makes for these strategies, whereas in ESO, there's no reason not to just blast your strongest abilities as much as you possibly can, <laughs> yeah. you know, just spam them. Because uh, it's it's going to be the same cast time as a weak ability. It doesn't it doesn't matter. And I'm not saying ESO needs to get rid of animation canceling. I love ESO for what it is. I really like the combat system a lot. Uh, this is just different. I'm just pointing out the differences. Is all. Yeah. Um, but that that makes it quite a bit. The fact that healing is so so much less of a factor, and the fact that you are you have to commit to your attack animations, it just makes for a very different kind of fight. I've really been enjoying it a lot. I have a, my main guy that I beat the game with. Um, he's basically an intelligence build. He's a, um, a mage. Essentially, he's got a staff in the right hand and then like a long pokey sword in the right hand. Um, and he's... I'm, I'll just go ahead and toot my own horn. I'm pretty good with that guy in <laughs> PvP. Um, That's awesome. It's because he's a mage. Like in PvE, uh, playing as a mage is basically easy mode, and I can say that that is also true in PvP. Um, I, I have, like in the main dueling spot, there's this place called Main Academy Gate, and that's where everyone goes to duel. It's basically this game's version of Stormhaven. Um, <laughs> I would say I have maybe like a 75% success rate dueling there. Like, I, that's pretty I, good. I feel like that's pretty that darn pretty good. Honest. There's some extremely good players in this game. Um, and my, my mage, I'm not using like the cancerous. So there's a lot of like mage abilities, a lot of, uh, sorceries and stuff that are just like not beatable. They're like super cheesy. Sure. I like make a, a concerted effort to make a, a good, fair build. I'm using like really basic spells, nothing like, I'm not using stars of ruin or, or anything like that. I'm just using like the, the quick glintstone pebble, the shard spiral and star shower, which I know you don't know what those are, but those are really basic. Cool. <laughs> they, they are cool, they're, but they're also very basic abilities that you get like very early in the game. 
I don't think anyone's going to accuse me of, of cheesing for using those things. Well, and I, I feel like I hopped on Discord the other night. It might have been last night where you were in the middle of a fight, but you had just you were just explaining that the person you were going against was just some next level playability. Oh man, I've fought so many people. So <laughs> this past this past week, I've I've actually so I was just talking about I've been playing on this intelligence build, but I made a new character that's a pure strength build. So they're just like um just they just swing a big old sword around you know and that and that's what they do a lot more difficult to be successful uh than it is on my mage a whole lot more difficult um and i've been going up against so many amazing players that are just eating my my absolute lunch over and over again <laughs> still having fun there's this one really memorable fight that i had there's uh there was this character they invaded me I, like i invited them to come invade me and they invaded me and their name was uh, mimic and they walked up to me slowly. Their their character was completely naked, not wearing any armor, didn't have any weapons equipped, nothing. Um, and they walked up to me, took a, a close look at my character. I didn't attack them. I just let them walk up. Uh, and then they very quickly equipped the exact same armor that I was wearing and the exact same weapons that I had. Um, and then they took a bow and, and bowing signifies like we're about to duel now. Uh, so they took. Oh man! So th- what a, what a power move! Oh man! They took a bow. I bowed back. We started fighting. They destroyed me, dude. With my with my <laughs> own build. With dude. your own yeah. build. Just with your build. Just took me apart like they, <sighs> like they were ordering a freaking pizza. Like it was nothing, you know. Just like easy. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Next day, I I've been doing in uh, inviting invasions over and over and over again. I finally yeah. got that same person again the next day. I, I had a slightly different build this time. They did the same thing. They copied my build, took a bow, completely dismantled me with my own build again. <sighs> it's like they've just mastered this game no matter what weapon. It just you know? doesn't matter. Yeah. Just you pick the items and they're still going to yeah. dominate you. I love that. That's them, amazing. Though. Freaking cool. That is, yeah. What, how cool of a moment power is that? Move. That is awesome. It. It's the ultimate power move. Yeah. So great. Next time you run into that person, just take all your gear off. Mm-hmm. Just fight them, just bold bare knuckle style. <laughs> What's also cool is you can kind of um, you can kind of choose what level you want to PvP at. Like matchmaking is based on your level, and this game doesn't force you to level up. Like you you earn a currency, and then you spend that currency on levels if you want to. So you can kind of choose to stop leveling at a certain point, and then you'll only get matched up with people who are around your same level. Um, so you can kind of think of it as like CP versus non CP, you know, like say like, um, if I have a level 150 character, I'm going to be like really, really powerful and I'm going to be going up against other really, really powerful, uh, people. Uh, whereas if I have a level 50 character, I'm going to be a lot weaker. And so are my enemies. They're also going to be a lot weaker. And I've actually been finding that I like the lower level stuff a little bit better. Um, fights tend to last a little bit longer. You don't see, especially in invasions, you don't see nearly as many like toxic builds that just have like unbeatable stuff because they don't really have access to those things at that low of a level. Um, so that I've been enjoying that quite a bit, but, uh, Anyway, Davius, I know you got a lot going on in your life. It's going to be a little while, but man, we're going to have a blast whenever you finally get around to it. It's It's going to be be so much fun, man. And I haven't played any Souls games in the past, but I've heard that in past Souls games, they have added arena PvP modes in like DLCs. Um, 
Ooh. That could be bad for the podcast if that happens. <laughs> Just pure honesty right there. Oh, yeah. man. Um, so, anyway. Elden Ring still super fun. Highly recommend it. Skrelden Ring Olin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's all I got. You got any other stuff you want to talk about? I don't think so. Just... Uh... Just waiting for this this new uh, patch to to go live. We got a few weeks left, maybe like what three or four weeks left, maybe something like that. Probably yeah. like three weeks. I think you made a good point earlier, though. I don't think we're going to see any huge. You know, they just they don't seem to do huge, massive changes anymore. I think they've yeah. pretty much got it locked down. Week three, if anything, is where the big stuff happens. There might be a tweak or two, you yeah. know, going forward, but we pretty much have the clear picture at this point. I think. Um. Uh, I hope they take another look at the battleground situation at some point because yeah. it's it's uh it's bringing me down and especially you know you heard me go on and on about how much fun I've been having in, in the PvP in this other game when I have this like really fun experience waiting for me right here and this really frustrating experience with a game that I normally love you know it's just hard to keep logging in and playing battlegrounds and having those those lame experiences again and again when I have this really fun one I could be having yeah that's tough emails we don't have any emails this week but if you'd like to send us an email scrolling podcast at gmail.com is the place to send those uh ask us any questions make any suggestions um tell us a joke say hello really whatever you like scrolling podcast at gmail.com we also have a guild uh in eso on pcna the guild is called stoons goons best named guild on the server uh and also the official guild of the scrolling podcast if you'd like to be a member of stoons goons you can send us an email at what was it scrolling podcast at gmail.com scrolling podcast at gmail.com <laughs> very good um, and you have been listening this whole time nice. <laughs> um if your guild roster is full, you can uh, come join us on the Discord. Or even if your guild roster isn't full, come join us on the Discord. That's really kind of really where the guild lives, I would say. Um, if you send us an email at that email address, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com, I'll invite you to the Discord. Um, that's really where we're always chatting and stuff anyway. The, the chat in the game really isn't active. Uh, but the but the Discord server is active. There's a lot of really cool people on there. Shout out to Grizzly Khan. Shout out to Doctor Professor. Shout out to Uncle Sam, Mister Moon. Uh, who else we got? King Nar. Uh, yep. I'm just reading through the Mowards. How could I forget Mowards? Uh, also, Mowards is the one that introduced me to the PvP in Elden Ring. By the way, I hadn't done it at all until he. Uh, kind of dragged me into it and i was a little reluctant i was like ah it's not i'm, I'm gonna suck i'm not gonna be good and that was true but i did have fun <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was fun yeah anyway um grizzly Khan, thank you for being here uh in the chat with us tonight dude always happy to have you yeah, here. shout out grizzly Khan. always appreciate it and um i think that's it i think that's it for this episode thank you for listening and we will catch you next time
Somebody call Mike. <laughs>